on today's episode of Bad in the Boondocks. I discussed Diane Nathan, Celestrino, and Drew is going to talk about Jasmine Richardson. You're now listening to Bad in the Boondocks, baby. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the boondocks Lord have mercy can't help me Bad in the boondocks Hey and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Bad in the Boondocks. As always, I'm Winnie Host Dan. And I'm Drew. How's it going? It's going pretty doggone good. We're yeah. doing like two weeks in a row. Woo, woo, we're getting better. Yes. All right. First of all, visit our website. It is boondockspod.com. Yes. And please visit our Instagram. Our handles, um, boondocksbadandy. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think that's right. And look us up on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and look up Bad in the Boondocks. We'll come on up. Leave some comments. Start up a discussion. Um, also, October 24th, which is a Saturday, we're going to be at the Savannah Crime Expo. Yes, we haven't been to Savannah in so long. Savannah is a wonderful place. We're going to host a meetup there, too, if anybody comes. So you need to go. It's in Savannah, Georgia, which is a great place. October the 24th, go to www.savannacrimeexpo.com and get your tickets. You can meet us there, yeah. and it's going to be some awesome speakers. I know Dr. Henry Lee is going to be there. Mm-hmm. If we meet some friends, we might go out bowling with you. Who knows? <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> anyway, we'll do something. Yeah. We're going to do a couple of episodes at the expo. And Wait, is that... That is the woman, um... I've always forget her name yes that would be her dang it i always forget her name and it's just lost my mind i forget it all the time i don't know what i never forget it but i have now the woman who hosts it Mm Mhm. i don't know who knows yes i just forgot that's that's who it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyways um come meet us there we hope you'll have a good time with us. <laughs> no, pro- you'll have a good time if you come, but we'll you do you need to go and get tickets. That'd be something that's really fun. They're gonna have escape rooms and stuff like that. I mean it's Yes. And if anything, Savannah, Georgia is a place that you should always visit yeah, once. I am warning you, we are suck at escape rooms. Just to clarify. The last time that we went to an escape room, the guys basically said that you get three hints. We've used about fifty. <laughs> We used so many. And was, got out at the last minute. There was, and yeah, and got out, no, the last few seconds. Like, we had, like, 20 seconds left. But no, there was no way. I don't think that, I don't see how there could be any way that a person would get out of that one that we went to. I just don't see it. You'd have to be really smart. Another thing that really helps is if you 
recommend us on a group that people if they ask yes. for suggestions recommend us or tell a friend post yes. it on your facebook post it on your instagram get us out there yes because it really does help and it gets us more faithful listeners coming in and we want more listeners we want more listeners so that we can get and we want the listeners we have to be more interactive with us yeah so leave us some good reviews and start some and five start stars some, yes start some um discussions start some convos on insta man and facebook um i do facebook he does insta yeah but i mean i respond literally like if you text me something on instagram i normally respond i mean if i want to if i feel like it then i normally respond like within a minute after you post it because i get everything on my phone some reason i don't understand why other people don't like respond or text back whenever I do it because you know because normally people have their phone in their hands a lot of the time so unless you're like at work or something well that's all I got to say about that so just check out Instagram and you'll see some cool photos and stuff all right I'm gonna go ahead and get into my case okay okay now this happened in Brazil so there's going to be some things that I, of course, mispronounce. Well, let me tell you something. So forgive me ahead of time. I feel like Brazil's beaches are pretty nice. Might be. I don't know. Okay. Dianathan Celestrino, better known as Maniac of the Cross. And these crimes, they occurred in Rio, Brajante. Mato Grosso do Sul. De Janeiro. <laughs> That's all that I know. In 2008, a 16-year-old boy panicked the residents of the city of Rio, Brojante, in the interior of Mato Grosso do Sul. With a knife, he approached his victims and forced them to report what their intimate life was like and the relationship that they had with God. Based on an interview, he rated the person as either pure or impure. Then the criminal killed them, leaving the victim's bodies in the shape of a cross, which earned him that nickname, Maniac of the Cross. There were three victims credited to the maniac. July 24th of 2008, the first crime. 33-year-old bricklayer Catalino Gardena is found dead in a vacant lot on Muhammad Ali Street in the city center. According to forensics, he had been stabbed to death in the heart and hung with a garbage bag. Oh, wow. The word... Henry was written on his chest, which means Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This is very religious. Religious. Hmm. I'm not sure how many people, religious people, kill, but I mean, I guess you could say... No, but I meant you could say that maybe he was doing it for, like, God or something. I don't know. I don't know if God needs any help. Yeah, that's true. The Just second crime on August 24th of 2008. It was exactly a month after the first death. And Leticia Neves 
22 years old. You're doing perfect with these names, I'm telling you. I'm doing pretty good, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Leaves the house at night and says she will meet friends, but she never came back. Wow. So where'd she go? Oh, her body had been found just 40 meters from her home inside the cemetery. The scene frightened the residents and the city policemen. Yeah, I don't think they have much of that kind of stuff going on, do they? No, not like this. Mm-mm. Leticia was naked, lying on top of a tomb with her arms spread and her legs together. Her feet were crossed as if she had been crucified. The coroner testified as a cause of death was asphyxiation caused by choking. As Leticia had a cross tattoo on her chest, the killer ended up not repeating what he had done with Catalina. So he left no inscription on the girl. A survivor. August 24, 2008. The deaths and the way in which the crimes happened frightened, of course, all the residents. Although the police still do not admit the action of a serial killer, it was all the work of the same murderer. Feel fearful that he would follow the pattern and kill on the 24th of each month, fathers would not let their daughters go to classes, shops, close before hours. Deserted streets, squares, and sidewalks occurred. Nobody so, dared to leave the house. So Yeah, but on the 24th or yes. just all the time? Because on like, the, well, no, on the 24th. All that he'd have to do is... Yes, but they're thinking, I know that, but they're thinking he did it on the 24th the first time and then the 24th the next month. Yeah, I know that, but all that he have to do is change it. Yes, but usually a serial killer won't change it if that's their thing. Hmm. All right. wonder why he picked that date. I don't know. That's not Easter, is it? I don't think Easter's in August. Not August, but I meant 24th the next month, and then 24th the next month. I was just wondering, like, maybe it had something to do with, like, God or something. Or the Bible. A show, however, took place that night. And the show was of a country duo, and it was a public failure. But there were some people that took the risk and went out to see it. Two teenagers, minors, were a part of the group of people who ventured out of the house on that 24th of August to watch the show of the country duo in the city of Rio Brujante. The show was part of the city's anniversary celebrations. One of the friends was named Carla. She was 17, and she decided to leave. She called her mother, but her cell phone credits had run out. So she decided to go to a payphone. She made contact with her mother and asked her that she or someone else would please come and pick her up. And her mother tries to order a taxi but failed. And she finally asked an acquaintance from the family to pick up her daughter. Carla's mother calls her daughter to communicate this, but at this time Carla didn't answer the payphone. Carla was waiting for the return of her mother's call when she was approached by a man wearing black clothes and a cloak, wearing a cord with a pentagram 
and with eyes, nails, and lips painted in black. And he was carrying a knife. What a dork. Without saying many words, the man approached and said, Go walking, bitch. They walked for several minutes between the streets of the small town of Rio. As they walked, the strange man constantly said that he would free her from her sins and send her to heaven. Wait, but is there nobody else walking around? I guess not. Remember, most people stayed indoors. They wouldn't come out. This well, was the 24th. Yeah, Um. so he had a knife. Yes. That's how he got her to do what he said. But was he holding her? He had the knife at her. Okay. All right. You're really making this more difficult than it is. No, I was just saying. I was saying. If somebody comes up to you and puts a knife at you and says, go walking, you're probably going to go walk, especially if there's nobody around to help you. I'm it. If you're a female also, a young female. Yeah. 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 Finally, they found a house under construction. That's when. No. The interview started. And can you? I would say. Huh? Can you read, Carla? Oh my gosh! This is the interview. Do you believe in God? Yes. Are you a virgin? Yes. How many boyfriends have you had? None. What is your sexual option? I'm heterosexual. While being interviewed by the strange man. Carla's cell phone kept ringing, and it was her mom, desperate, searching for information about her daughter. At one point, the stranger said, you must be loved by your family. Yes, a lot. After more than two hours of an interview, the strange man said, you're really naive. I went out to kill a bitch, and I found you. Are you free? At the time, Carla told the police that she didn't show any fear and she didn't panic and she just let him talk. All the while, she thought that she wouldn't make it out alive. Upon being interviewed, Carla intelligently realized what was going on in the maniac's alienated head. So she answered all the questions so as not to upset The journalist, Paulo Lopez, says in his blog that the first question the maniac asked was, did she believe in God? And she said yes and returned the question in an attempt to establish a friendly dialogue. So after he would say, do you believe in God? She'd say yes, and do you believe in God? But he said no. Hmm. The strange guy also wanted to know if she was a virgin, and the answer was yes. And then he asked several times if she had a boyfriend, and Carla always said no. And she asked him the same thing, and he said, do you think anyone would date me? And she replied, I think so. Oh, Jesus. That's how you, that's how you kind of get them. Though. Yeah, well, the smartness of that showing interest, it seemed to have worked. Exactly. Because she did live. The third crime, October 6, 2008. On October 7th, the body of a 13-year-old teenager was found in a building in Rio. She had been killed the night before. 
The victim's name was Gleese Kelly Da Silva, and her body was positioned in the shape of a crucifixion with crossed feet and open arms. She had on no blouse and no bra. This was already the third crime with the same characteristics that occurred in the last few months. But he did change the date. Huh. Like I said. Now there was no longer any doubt that the city of 27,000 inhabitants had become the area of operation of a serial killer. Panic was very widespread among the city's inhabitants, and so much so that rumors began to surface galore. People began to claim that alongside the first two victims, notes bearing the names of seven people had been found who would be murdered by the maniac. This supposed list was called the Devil's List, but the existence of the list was denied by the police. But the police had no concrete leads in that would help them resolve these murders. No suspects, no physical evidence. The main line of investigation was that the crimes were the result of the action of a satanic sect. With the pressure of the population and the press increasing, the civil police of Rio asked for help from the regional police. They joined forces with police officers from the General Investigation Services in the neighboring municipality of Dorados, or Dorados. The crimes named... The crimes named Crimes da Cruz made headlines in Brazil. The police were investigating the case when the third body appeared. Gleese Kelly Silva, 13, was found dead in a house under construction on Rua Manuel Bento. At the scene of the crime, some crosses and a note with loose letters were found. One of the words that the letters formed was Inferno. The discovery of the body of the young girl left the city in shock and the police under pressure. But what the police did not know was that the arrest of the maniac would be much easier than they imagined and would come from a much less unimaginable clue. Orchid. An orchid, you know, is like a text thing, like a chat room type thing. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. After seeing a comment on a profile scrapbook on Gleese Kelly's Orchid, the police began investigating the user Doghell666. They realized that the user was gothic. In his photo album, several pictures in cemetery and simulations of satanic rituals. Oh my God, is that him? Yes. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know if I could hold a conversation with him if he took me. Some communities of the suspect caught the attention of the police. I hate the sun. I love corpses. Necrophilia. I lick my blood. Cemetery, my second home. A punch is worth a thousand words. Death to the goth bitches. Smiling deforms the face, and I'm not afraid of your God. Those clues were important, but they weren't enough. There should be something more concrete. Gleese Kelly's telephone confidentiality was broken and the police discovered that an unknown cell phone number called her number even after her death. When investigating, it turned out that the number was a child under 16 from the city. And as the police suspected, the smallest was the user, 
Doghell666, who was insulting Gleese, Kelly's friends on Orchid. The maniac's name was Dianathan, Dianathan Celestrino. Jesus Christ. At 2 o'clock in the morning on October 9th, the miner was apprehended at his home. In his room, the police found a blood-stained pocket knife, which was used to mark the chest of the first victim. Gleese Kelly's blouse, Leticia's bracelets, newspaper clippings with the reports on the case, a poster of the park maniac, and some adult magazines, because you got to get your jack on. <laughs> Jesus. The maniac. The teenager's coldness it astounded the cops. The miner showed no remorse whatsoever, and he said that he planned to kill again. He was inspired by Francisco Pereira, who became known as the maniac of the park for the crimes committed in Sao Paulo a decade ago. And the boy had a goal to exceed the number of murders that were committed by him. According to the miner, he killed the victims because they believed in God, but did not live up to his divine teachings. Catalino died because she was an alcoholic. I mean, he was alcoholic and a homosexual. Leticia, because she was supposed to be homosexual. And Gleese for being a drug user. He put the victims in a crucifixion position so that they would find their God, according to him, in that position. Salvation would come soon. The police investigation... Con Whoa. I didn't know <laughs> what that was. The police investigation concluded that the teenager was the leader of a group that attended cemeteries and adored the image of Satan. Another five minors were indicted for indirect participation in the crimes. They knew that Diane Nathan had killed. However, they did not tell the police anything out of respect for their leader. A virtual girlfriend named Daniela was also investigated. Through messages on Orchid, the maniac had told her that he had killed the three people. Okay. And he did, he was arrested interview and remember he's just now 16 are you serious yeah I, I didn't even hear that part yeah but it started out he was under 16 that's your type of style ain't it mm -hmm. that is your type of style but he was called interviewed went on trial but then he got released for some misdone thing in within the bookings are you serious yes but he got caught he, then he was caught back then he escaped oh my then he was god. caught again <laughs> and now he's still in jail oh my god jesus he could have gotten i feel like he could have gotten away oh well, he did get away i mean I they didn't even know he was gone for a day yeah i don't want him to get away but i'm just saying like i feel like he could have gotten away and not been caught see that's him without anything yeah on. that's him without makeup right Still looks evil. He looks pretty normal. He still looks like he could kill somebody. Oh, well, he can and did. But, I mean, yeah, with those people like that, you have to talk them. You have to talk. 
to get them on the, your good, their good side, you know. We'll probably post in his picture. Yeah, up. that's whose picture we'll post. I have a good one on them. Yep. Well, okay, I think that we are going to take a short little break here, and we will see you whenever... Well, we won't see you because we're talking to you, but you'll hear us whenever we come back. We might be able to see them. Oh, yeah, if y'all want us to do a Facebook Live soon, let get in touch and let us know. See you in a second. Well, talk to you in a second. And we are back, and I've got me some super good homemade broccoli cheddar soup. Okay. Well, what? You're eating while I am about, whatever, okay, it's, it's super fine. super good. It's, it's super good. Yep. I see what you did there. It's such a stupid and lame, man. <laughs> just, just, it, it doesn't qualify to even be in a joke category. Well, I'm going to be talking about Jasmine Richardson. The Richardson family murders is an unbelievable case where a 12-year-old, 12-year-old, Jasmine Richardson and boyfriend Jeremy Stank. 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 It sounds like you're saying stank, like stank, but it's stank. It's like S-T-E-I-N. K E. So it's like stank. <laughs> stank. Um killed her entire family in Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. Medicine Hat. Yeah. They have weird names. Um Jasmine describes herself as bisexual, nocturnal, awkward, a deep thinker, and insane. Jasmine's hobbies were listed as dark poetry, criminal, psychology, blood, kinky shit, and human anatomy. She wore makeup that made her look older. And how old was she? Twelve? Twelve. But I showed you the picture. She yeah. looked like she was like tw- like 1920. Yeah, she did. Because her parents forbid her to see Jeremy, um, she and Jeremy started to talk about killing her parents. As you do whenever you... Whenever a parent says not to see a guy. Not really. I'm just picking. She loved him and nobody will separate them as um, not even her parents. When we truly love someone, we do crazy things for and in the name of love. In this case, reminds a lot of people about Romeo and Juliet. Jeremy was the perfect boyfriend for Jasmine. It was everything she wanted. Her parents did what any loving parent would do and protect her daughter. What they never knew was they needed protection from their daughter. Jasmine and Jeremy decided the only way to be together is to kill the ones that stood in their way. Jasmine's online username was Runaway Devil and said she was 15 years old. According to one of the letters online, she wrote this to Jeremy which said, I have this plan. It begins with me killing them, and it ends with me living with you. How romantic. <laughs> um, Jeremy replied to her and said, Payment? 
My lovers rent are totally unfair. They say they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. As their greed continues to consume, she is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. It's all total bullshit. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see it. See to it that they are gone. They shall, pr- they shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Did you say how old he was? He's 23. Oh, okay. But that is some weird... That's just weird. And he wrote it like it was a poem, you know? To a 12-year-old. Exactly. Jasmine's idols were serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer and singer Marilyn Manson. Nothing wrong Nothing with wrong that. with that. But whenever you start taking in their methods and, like, trying to, you know, kill and stuff, that takes it a little too far. She even told her friends about the plan to kill her parents. Her friends laughed at her and told her she was joking as she was raised in a good household and would not do something like that. In turn, Jeremy told her he liked to plan to kill her parents as he loved her too, but they need um, to be more creative and have a plan. Jeremy told his friends that he and Jasmine will carry out the killings, but her brother must also die. The night before, they killed her family. They watched their favorite movie, Natural Born Killers. That seems to be a lot of times what people watch before they go on killing spree. It is a 1994 film about a couple who kill people across America. On the night of April 22, 2006, Jeremy entered the Richardson home, killing Deborah and Mark, while Jasmine was upstairs with her brother. When Jeremy entered the room of her brother, um, oh my God, Mama, I ain't got time to answer your dumb calls. God, let me get back to it. Well, um, when Jeremy entered the room of her brother, he told her to stab her brother as he did everything for her. She first said she cannot, and her brother pleaded for his life and said he is too young to die. Jasmine grabbed him from behind and stabbed him in the chest, and Jeremy then slit his throat. According to sources, Jeremy left the Richardson's home and went back to his trailer. A while later, Jasmine left the house and took a cab to 7-Eleven in Medicine Hat and walked from there to Jeremy's trailer. Two hours after the murders, they were laughing and eating in a restaurant. They were planning to leave the province the next day. They might have should have left that night. Yeah, they should have. But how, you know, how they were discovered is how the bodies were discovered. A friend of Jacob came to visit him on April 23, 2006. Well, he thought that he saw a body through the window and went back home to tell his mother. 
She immediately called the police. Through the basement window, Detective Brent Second Dick. <laughs> Whoa. What? I just... Second Dick. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Second... Second Dick. Yuck. Yuck. Second Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it really does sound Do like... <laughs> okay, whatever. Well, he saw a body and called for backup. He thought that there may be someone inside that is still alive. Well, they found Deborah. She was um, killed first and stabbed many times. Well, Mark fought back with the screwdriver, but he was also stabbed to death in the basement. And his body was so mutilated that there was hardly any blood left in his body. Because he had been stabbed so many times, you know? Yeah. Jacob was found in his bedroom upstairs, stabbed, and his throat was slit. It became apparent that 12-year-old Jasmine was missing, and the police immediately thought that she may have been kidnapped and sent out an Amber Alert. Well, after a short investigation, the police suspects Jasmine and Jeremy after they found um, their emails and accounts online. On April 24th, 2006, the police found them in uh, Leader, Saskatchewan. Okay. 80 miles from Medicine Hat. <laughs> it's just so, so odd. Well, when they were arrested, they were laughing and cuddling in his truck. Jasmine and Jeremy were both charged with murdering her mother, father, and brother. While they were in prison, they exchanged letters, and one of the letters Jeremy proposed to Jasmine, and she accepted. But she's 12. Exactly. It is said that Jasmine even bragged about the murders and said it turned them into legends and made them immortal. Like she was like a vampire or something, you know. That's really the thing about it. Thought she was like a vampire. And I guess needed blood or something. Well, under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, Jasmine's name can't be published in Canada. But um, when she became a suspect, 12 years as the youngest a person can be charged with a crime. It's fine. Since she was under 14 years, she cannot be sentenced as an adult, and the maximum sentence she could get would be 10 years. On the on May 3, 2006, Jeremy's friend, Casey Lancaster, 19, was charged with being an accessory for driving the couple in her pickup and disposing of the evidence. The murder charge against Casey was later dropped, and she pled guilty to an obstruction of justice charge and received one year house arrest. Wow. That's not very much. She was ordered not to use... <laughs> this is something. She was ordered not to use any drugs and alcohol as part of, part of the plea bargain. Well, Jasmine was found guilty on three counts of first-degree murder on July 9th, 2007. She was the youngest person ever convicted of murder in Canada. On November 8, 2007, she was sentenced to the maximum of 10 years in prison. Wow. She was 14 years old 
at her sentencing. Four years she would spend in a psychiatric hospital and four years under supervised probation. She would be 23 years old when she completed her sentence. And, and still has her whole she's life out, ahead of her. Yeah, outliving her life. Because four years under supervised probation, 23 years old whenever she completed her sentence. That's nothing. No. She has her whole life ahead. It's just so, it's just messed up. And, of course, she wrote something about, you know, um, regretting what she did and stuff like that. Oh, she was young and whatever. You still, you, you murdered your parents and your brother. Um, and the brother definitely didn't have nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was just a younger brother. How old was he? I'm not sure. Jeremy's trial started November 17, 2008. He was found guilty and sentenced to three life sentences on December 15, 2008. Wow. That's pretty messed Are up. Are they still in contact? No. I guess their love was not that. No, it wasn't. I mean... She was 12 years old, and then by the time that the trial happened, it, she was 14. And she probably already, I don't know. How much she was 14 in the out by 23. That's not no, very fair. I don't dig that. That's not very fair at all, is it? No, I don't think so. Well, those were pretty good cases if, number one, if my mother went and kept calling me. On video chat, which disrupted my phone, and secondly, the computer kind of froze off. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine, but I like I like to see it. Yeah, I, I like it to see fine. it recording. Like he gets in a hissy fit and stops. Yes, and because shit. because there have been many of times that it stopped <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, it just stopped recording just then because he accidentally pushed. Oh my god! Well, anyways, there have been many times that it stopped recording. And um, we've been talking for the next 20 minutes, and then we have to go back and then redo it. Oh, and then he's really pissed. Yep. You know why? Because most times, the first time was the best. Like, it was great. And then whenever we do it the second time, it doesn't have as emotion. It doesn't have excitement. It just, it's bland because we don't want to re-record it. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys. Well, that's what we got for you this week. As always, um, I've been staying. Hmm. Trying to think of a fact of the day. The sky is blue. There you go. Now, Actually, it's quite cloudy. It's pretty well, white. It's quite cloudy now, but the actual sky is blue. Which makes no sense why it is blue. Never read up on that. Anyways, and I'm always Drew. We'll talk to you next time. Yep, we'll see you next time.